Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Good morning. Everybody alive. How good is Jesus? Come on, how good is Jesus? I don't know about you, but he brought me out of some stuff. Jesus is really good. How good is Jesus? I don't know about you, but my life ain't supposed to look like what it looks like right now. Jesus is really good. How about you? Come on, we can't just stop when we sit down. I'm just telling you, don't disengage in the moment. Just because music's not playing doesn't mean that Jesus stopped moving. He's here. I want to welcome everyone. My name is Cody Sykes. I'm one of the associate pastors, and I'm just honored and excited just to be in the presence of God. I think that every single time we get in his presence, he does something different and something new. He's the God that you can never get to know completely. He's a God that's always got some new side of him uh, that he wants to reveal to you. So if you're a first-time guest, this is our family. This is what we do every single Sunday. If you're a guest today, hopefully next week you're going to be family. Would you welcome our first-time guest? Thank you so much for being here. Hope that you feel loved on. I'm going to do my best today to not lay on the stage. If I had to title the talk, um, I would title it, There's No Other Option. No Other Option. Um, In the book of John, chapter 4, I'm not going to go there just for the sake of time. But uh, we see the story of Jesus encountering a Samaritan woman at a well. We all know this story. We've heard it very really well. It's the one where uh, he says, hey, go get, your, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't got a husband. And he's like, I know. And the one that you've you had five husbands and the dude that you're with right now ain't your husband either. I don't want to focus on that right now. But it's in there. She takes off after this. And then after that moment, she's like, go check out this guy named Jesus. He told me all the things that I've ever done. But what I want to focus on is, there's a, there's a few things that happen in this story. There's three things that, that just were drawn out to me, and I'm sure you could draw out a lot more, but there were three things that stood out to me in this story found in John chapter 4. The first thing that, that, that we see is that the well, the water well, was actually a sign of life. It, was a, it, it gave life. How I many of you got to have water, not just coffee, to have life, right? Not just Dr. Pepper, although it's water, Dr. Pepper is next, okay? I'm a lover of Dr. Pepper. Jesus, bless Dr. Pepper. Make it good for my body if you can. <laughs> Jesus. But this well was a giver of life. It was, it was a sign of life. But the issue with the, with the well was this, is that the woman glorified the person who gave the well and its purpose over who was standing in front of her offering her living water. He said, if... If you drink this, of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I'm interested in giving you and I'm offering you in this moment, you'll never thirst again. She's like, wait, who do you think you are? Our father Jacob gave us this well. He drank from this well. His sons drank from this well. Their livestock drank from this well. And you're greater than he is? She literally was living out of this place of Mark chapter 7, verse 8, where it says, For lay aside the commandment of God, you hold on to traditions of men. She was more interested in holding fast to the tradition of the time than submitting to the Jesus that was in front of her that was offering her the thing that could actually sustain life forever. 
I get it that uh, family traditions are, hu- are huge things and beliefs are huge things, but there might be a better way than the way that you do it right now. Second thing that I saw, well, I want to jump to this really fast. Traditions, honoring a tradition more than you honor God actually squelches the power that you have the authority to live in. See, surrender gives us power. A person that can surrender is a person who is of power. William Booth said this, the greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his ability to surrender. Every time that I I step into a place of, God, I'm surrendering all that I am to you, I'm actually saying, you can have all of me and I'll just take on all of you. When you're weak, what does it say? He is strong. His strength is perfected in our weakness. But we walk around like we can't be weak. All the while, not ever receiving the fullness of the power that he died for that you could walk in. So that you might be able to say to your situation, get behind me, Satan, and it actually listens to you. The measure of a man's power is connected to his surrender. The second thing was that if you notice... Jesus, 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 who is he? How did he get here? I didn't invite him. Jesus offered her the thing that could truly satisfy. It says that he offered her living water, but he was actually offering himself to this woman. In a world where we're after, we're after instant gratification, we're after this and we're after that so that we might achieve satisfaction. Jesus is actually the only thing that we could intake, that we could partake in, that we could actually uh, ingest and never be thirsty, never need anything else in life again. John 10.10, 10, we saw it in our announcement video. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you would have life, but then you would have life abundantly. So Jesus offers this woman truly something that could satisfy her. The last thing that I saw in this that I wanted to point out was in uh, verse 42 where it says this. Now, the woman has left the situation, left Jesus' presence, and she runs to all of the people in the town, and she's like, listen, I met a man that told me everything that I did. you got to come meet him. you got to come see him. Maybe he'll do the same thing for you. So they come, and they meet, and they see Jesus, but then this is what they say, verse 42. It says, now we believe. This is them talking to the woman. Now we believe, not because of what you said, For we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. The last thing I want to draw your attention to in this story is that there comes a time when what is written in this has to become your truth. This woman goes and and she shares this thing that happened with Jesus to these people, and they're like, that's amazing, and it attracts them to Jesus. And then all of a sudden they say, listen, we believe not because of what you said, but what he's actually saying to us, to me personally. You can't live on borrowed relationship with God forever. At some point it has to be your own. In fact, Jesus died so that you could have relationship, personal relationship with the Father in heaven. Listen, I I know a lot of people, but I'm only friends with a few. And I would propose the same thing is true in your life. You know a lot of people. I grew up in this town. I was born and raised in this town. I know people almost everywhere that I go, but I'm only friends with a few. I can only have relationship with so many. And Jesus offers a relationship to every single one of us 
through his death, burial, and resurrection. But lots of times we live our relationship with Jesus through the pastor that's on the stage. We live our relationship with Jesus through the worship leader that sings our favorite song. It's made available for you to have personally. When I was preparing for this, this, uh, this message, yesterday I was in my office and I, I kind of have a routine. I go in my office, I turn the lights down, I close the door and, and I worship, I pray, I'll listen to messages, I do something just to, just to create an atmosphere where the presence of God is permeating the room. I just wanna be as close to him as I can. I create this moment of intimacy the best that I know how. Yesterday, as I did this, I was praying and, and I was acting a fool and jumping around in my office and spinning and all this crazy stuff just because I'm like, Lord, I just want more of you. I don't care what it looks like. If it's you, I want it all. And in the middle of this, he spoke this to me. He spoke this phrase to me and I, I heard it. I wrote it down, but when I said it, everything changed. The phrase is, there is no other option. And when I wrote this down and I said it out of my mouth, it was like someone came behind me and kicked my legs out from underneath me. You know, like when you got a friend and they're standing like that and you do that thing to them? Kind of just did it to myself. That's exactly what I felt. But on both knees. And I, I, went, to the, I went to my knees for a second and then I, I hit my chest and I hit my forehead on the ground and I was there for an hour. And I was, it was like I was, the only way I can explain it is like I was pinned down to the ground for an hour and I shook and I cried the ugly cries for an hour under the presence of God it was like electricity was going through my entire body and I, I if you've never experienced this it's totally fine I pray that you do because it's the sweetness of God it's God manifesting himself in a deeper more intimate way but whatever you think about it is whatever you think about it all of a sudden, in this moment, well, in this moment, in this hour, all of these things begin to flash. I began to feel all of these emotions. I begin to feel heartbreak that some of you are actually walking in right now because you have got to the end of all of your options. I begin to feel the heartbreak of the Father who said, I have offered them the option, but they've taken advantage of it. My heart began to break for you and it began to break for the Father because we all search for something that he's already given us. Yet it's disguised in all of the things that the world offers. And I'm not blaming you because I chased them down too. I then also realized there is one option. All of a sudden, this became a declaration that was, that was being sang by angels almost. It was like when I heard this, it was this declaration that there's no other option in your marriage except for Jesus. Marriages began to flash before my eyes that were literally in ruins. Relationships began to flash before my eyes that are in this room that are in ruin. Bodies that are being affected by sickness and disease that we've prayed for many, many, many times. And we'll continue to do it because the scripture still says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And until I see it, I'm gonna keep doing it. But that's what began to play over every single situation that I could see in my mind was there is no other option. There is no other option but Jesus. There is no other option but Jesus for your situation. 
It was almost like what is saying in heaven day and night. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. Jesus is the only option. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what your situation is, but I know the answer to it. It's Jesus. John 14 verse 6 says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other option. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him, Jesus, the name which is above every name, that every name, uh, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess those who are in heaven, on earth, and under earth, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no other option. What I'm proposing is that you shift your attention and shift your heart towards Jesus and submit yourself to him. The moment that you submit yourself to Jesus, your situation is also submitted to Jesus. Some of us live every single day in the middle of a situation that is too big. You're no match for your situation. But when you bring your situation and your life under submission to Jesus, it has to do this, bow its knee to the name of Jesus. But we fight from a place of earthly warfare. Scripture says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means I war from a heavenly place. That means I war in the, in, next to the seat of God. Your situation has no choice but to bow its name to Jesus unless you don't submit yourself to the name of Jesus. It can be offered, and it will be offered to the end of time. But at what point do we all realize there is no other option? Jesus is it. I don't know what you came here looking for, but if it was more than Jesus, you're going to have to come back some other time. And I'm going to tell you, when you come back next time and you're looking for something more than Jesus, you're probably not going to get it then because Jesus is it. Jesus points to the Father. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is your life. Jesus said he offers you the same thing that he offers the woman. I'll give you the thing that will satisfy you forever. You just got to draw out of the well, submit your life, receive the power to live victoriously. Now, that just sounds challenging. Why did I just go into Napoleon Dynamite in my head? Come on. God's calling us up. God is calling us to live a life that we've never lived. Like Dave Ramsey says, live right now like no one else lives so that later you can live like no one else is living. Jesus is saying the same thing. Live right now. Submit right now. Live submitted right now so that you and yours can live like no one else is living. The self-help books are great. But they all have to surrender to the name of Jesus too. I'm just telling you there's something better than what you've been after. If your situation has got you to the place of I have no other option, there's a full buffet here. You're welcome to take Jesus off of it at any time. We hope you loved our podcast today. 
You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.